Mm. Behind the scenes trickery. Little green room hang. <clears throat> yeah. Still got like what 13 minutes before we gotta go. We just hit live. This is what happens before a show. <clears throat> if I'm running around trying to get technology to work. Did True's pod go okay? Mm. Yeah, it was fun. Interesting. Interesting, he says. And I bring all my podcast skills to the table. <laughs> Pretty sure she looked better than the host. That's good. That's right. Now, now she'll never be invited back. Yeah, a little up, little upstager. Yeah. Is this where you want to hear about my UPS saga? Yeah, let's do it. If you catch the green room uh, chat before we actually, we're, we're live right now. We know it, by the way, so don't freak out. Um, <laughs> yeah, but in 12 minutes, we're going to pretend like we're starting up so that we can at least clip this. But we were we were bored. We decided to go live. We're usually late, so at 12 minutes early, uh, we're making up for like, I don't know, three or four shows that are four minutes late. So there you go. At three shows. That's what the math says. All right, go ahead. Well, um, so I hadn't heard anything from UPS or AFA, which is CGA, is the AFA is a branch of CGA Collector Grading Authority. Illuminati. <clears throat> exactly. <clears throat> haven't heard anything from them from either side in quite a while. And so, um, I reached out to AFA, Marcy, to be specific, um, who's lovely, mm. and said, hey, I haven't heard anything in quite a while, and I'm just wondering if if you had or if, they had, if UPS had contacted you or anything like that. And she said, no, we hadn't. So I reached out, and UPS had closed the... Uh, <laughs> Close the file, basically. Sure. Um, and so I opened it back up for them and said, hey, that's this hasn't been resolved yet. And so, um, so I spent some time today on the phone with UPS, and, and I knew what they were going to say. They were going to say, well, we didn't get a hold of AFA to tell us, you know, to confirm the contents of the package. And, you know, it was a classic case of everybody pointing at somebody different sure. as to why nothing has happened. And, uh, and so I said, well, I, I have been in contact this week with Marcy at AFA and, and, they are waiting to hear from you guys. And it's like, it's like, nope, but we can't do anything until we hear from them. I'm like, okay, well, they said that they've reached out and they haven't heard a response back from you. And I can understand why you would want this to go away because it's looking like you'd have to pay me out a nice chunk of money because of the package that you guys lost in Portland, Oregon on November, blah, blah, blah. You know, and I, yeah. I have all my, it's been three months. Yeah. Yeah. Going on four now. And so, uh, so there, that's where, 
that's where it left. And so what I had found out today or this last week was that UPS had closed the, the uh, claim due to insufficient information, allegedly, and lack uh, of activity. Yeah. And so uh, I'm thankful that Marcy at AFA reached out to me. She said, hey, just want you to know, you know, what's going on and it's not on our end. And, and, and she reached out to me. I didn't have to, you know, so I appreciate that. And uh, it's just, it's not over and it probably won't be for a while still, but what a pain that, that is. that's where we're at. Well, stay diligent. I think that's the principle of anything is like, uh, like anyone's willing to just sweep it under the carpet. If you're not, you know, just diligent, if you just don't continue to, I've got the same scenario. It's not as <clears throat> complex as yours, but you know what happened with like that trailer tire and then yeah. didn't put it on and I probably should have died on the way home, but it made it home. And, and the guy I'm dealing with is just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem. The manager. Yeah. We screwed up. We'll take care of it. Just send me the information. And so like, he's with me all the way until I send him the information and it's just crickets. So I've tried reaching out to him like four or five times. Hey, if you're just joining us, we are in the green room right now. We decided to just hit go live because Andy and I were just talking. Um, we're going to go actual live at seven. But if you want to join in too, um, where Andy and I complain about our real life problems, um, there you go. So anyway, crickets. I can't I can't get a hold of them. They're not responding to my emails, which they had previously responded to. So I know that it's a correct email. Yeah, but, isn't that awesome? The, the, the world... Uh, the world likes to hide behind the fact that most people give up. That's why they made gift cards and coupons and mail-in rebates and all that stuff. Yeah. Because who, who wants to uh, spend postage on... Now, if you want to hear a happy story, if you want to hear about a company that does it right, I was purging a bunch of old files, like full of old bills. And, and I was kind of just going through them one by one and throwing them in a pile of like, you know, shred. And I come across a Costco, you know, the Costco rebate certificates they send you. Yeah. You know, you're paying 100 bucks a year to be a Costco member right. or a Sam's Club member if you're in different parts of the country. And then they send you this certificate every year. And usually it covers the cost of what you pay for your membership. So it's kind of a wash. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going through these files and I find a certificate for like 85 bucks. And it is from 2011. Fucking <laughs> 12 years old so uh, day before yesterday no yesterday i run down to costco because i got some current certificates and by the way look identical so i'm like i don't see an expiration date i mean here we go so i go into the member desk because i don't want to look like an idiot and i and and to be honest if anyone had told me like come on man it's 2011 i'd be like yeah i know so no, I hand you, you didn't know it was 2011 no it says it says issue 2011 but it doesn't okay. say any expiration date so gotcha. I'm, I'm telling a good story here so you know what the answer is going to be so i go to the guy and i'm like this is from 2011 it's 80 bucks you know i'm gonna do some shopping he's like no it's good it's good i'm like you sure he's like yeah it's good so i walk up after, that's you know before i purchase anything so i fill the card up with i had like 200 bucks for those certificates that was kind of my motivation to go down there i'm like i'm just going to use these and never use them obviously i'll store one from 2011 um <laughs> And so I walk up to the counter. I'm still a little apprehensive. 
I handed it to the guy and he's like, 2011. He's like, that's close to my record. I had a gal that brought one that was 15 years old, but you're rolling in with a 13 or 12 year old one. And I was like, yeah, it's not bad. So boom, went through. It was great. So that's good awesome. company, Costco honoring. And you know, they got a ledger sheet, right? They got this ledger sheet that's like, here's all the certificates we've never cashed in. And I just, I, I visibly imagined like a red line going through my certificate from 2011. I'm like, yeah, that's right. That's right. Interest-free. That's would awesome. Worth like $90 if I had interest on it. Yeah. In fact, Dave. So good company, Costco, Sam's Club, whatever. Uh, yeah. patron, that, patron that company. They, they support their certificates uh, indefinitely, apparently. That's awesome. Dave and I had the same uh, response. That's awesome. That's awesome. <clears throat> Is it time? No, we still got. No, we still got four minutes. Hey, thanks for if you just joined us. Uh, Andy and I are in the green room. We're just talking for the show. Getting a little behind the scenes action of the deep conversations that Andy and I have. Andy, what uh, <laughs> what underwear you have on today? Uh, um, Don't answer. That was a joke. Don't answer it. I, well, I'm just I'm getting over a kind of a head cold. <clears throat> it's traveling south, so it's kind of <laughs> it's okay, into my too much green room, <laughs> green <laughs> phlegm room. Um, no, it was a head cold this weekend. You know, just sinus pressure and a sore throat. And now it's kind of getting into my chest, but my sinus pressure is gone and my sore throat is better. It's just like, <clears throat> I got, I got a cough, little cough now. And I mean, I feel okay. It's just, I sound like a, like I've been smoking unfiltered camels my whole life and singing with Janice Joplin. You know what I mean? Can you imagine if you were that cool? <laughs> Joe cool. <laughs> yeah. I had a great grandpa that smoked unfiltered camels from the time he was about 15 to the time he died when he was about 87. He was 17. <laughs> and he was 87. No joke. See? I mean, See? He lived joke. forever. And he it's smoked. Filters that'll get you. He smoked a lot of unfiltered cigarettes. But I will say that he did pass from emphysema and lung complications so it did finally get him but he did live to be a ripe old age mm. strangely i have the opposite now. grandma died in her 70s it's probably healthy as a horse but she uh she chain smoked but i'll tell you what okay for this is a this is an 80s kid like you young kids they, <laughs> a lot of states most states now i think it's all if I'm wrong, fine. Is this back when I was a kid? We never wore seat belts, kind of story. No, it's sort of, but like now you can't smoke in restaurants and all that, which was totally a thing when we were little, right? That was the mm -hmm. smoking mm -hmm. section, non-smoking section. You could smoke. Had a smoking section on airplanes. Yeah, it never crosses over that line, the invisible line, so that the non-smoking section just. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but uh, grandma, the grandma most even namesake. Uh, okay, the matriarch. She'd fire up a cigarette at five a.m. I'd be sleeping on the couch, right? Because I, yeah. you know, whatever punishment I had, my parents wanted to go out that night. I had to sleep in my grandparents' house as a young kid. They were terrifying to me. And, uh, but I, I will say there's a nostalgia in that smell. Like, I don't, I don't like, I don't smoke cigarettes, but I like the smell because to me, it was almost comfort because inevitably when I woke up and she talked like this, right? She talked like yeah. one of the Simpsons. Josh. She did. She's like, <laughs> 
good morning, you know, and uh, she's like, do you want some cereal? And that was always like uh, grape nuts. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, regular. I lost cereal. my first tooth in grape nuts at exactly. my aunt's house. It was always grape nuts, which grape nuts weren't ever made to be a cereal. They just bury themselves in the bottom of the milk, and then you just dump seven tablespoons of sugar on top, and you just pray that you don't bust a tooth um, on your way through. But yeah. Oh, Andy, we're close. We we got to go. But anyway, yeah. um, I know we're we know we're live, Albert. Yeah, we, we we're in the green room. We're, we're in the just, green room. This is just uh, we decided to hit live because we we're actually earlier than we usually are. So thank you, thank you for letting us. So we've done a check in a couple times here, but this is just green room talk. We're talking about our families and um, smoking. Our grandpa. So Josh, my grandpa uh, Lemire was uh, a longtime cigar smoker, and uh, I. I will, I, I'm not a smoker, but I will have a cigar maybe two, three times a year. Yeah. Um, it's usually golfing or something like that, but, uh, um, yeah, same, same. You're, well, you're, you took me to my last cigar experience, which was, oh, that's right. Which was fun. It's the last yeah. time I smoked one. Um, maybe me too. No, I have, I've had one since, but, um, the, uh, the, you talking about the smell, it's like, you're right. The smell is, I, I, I couldn't make it as a smoker, but, but the, uh, but the cigar smell is, is very, I can only put the, term I love comforting. it. Yeah. I can only put the term comforting on it because it's not healthy. It's not, it's not like pleasant. It's comforting because it just fills me with like memories. So I, I like that. <laughs> and my kids hate it. They're like, Oh my God, so it's good for them. No, it's good for them, yes. but I'll smell it and I'll be like, yeah, it's I'll right. take a deep breath. You know? <laughs> I was like, yeah. Well, and even to that extent, too, he was a longtime cigar smoker, but on occasion he would smoke a pipe and pipe tobacco smells wonderful. In it's fact, it's I have a candle in my house right now called sweet tobacco. And oh, shit, Andy, we're late. We need to start. Oh, oh classic yeah. call of chronicles. Oh, man, we're always a couple minutes late. <laughs> All right. Enough cigar it's talk. It's early. Uh, <clears throat> all right, let's uh, let's Andy. Are you ready? You got your uh, speech down good? Um, yeah, I think so. All right, so okay, we're gonna get the start up. Okay, tell me you're ready to go live. Uh, we're ready, ready when you are, brother. All right, here we go. I'm hitting live. Just kidding, guys. We know we're live. <laughs> we're just playing it up here. Hitting live in three, two. On today's episode of the Holocronicles podcast, we have a bit of a quandary with the bride of Peter Mayhew and some old attic finds of theirs. What's going on with Hasbro and Disney? And who would have thought we'd ever get to a place where we'd see Boba Fett as a peg warmer? Josh, hit it. <laughs> All right, welcome into the Hall of Chronicles. Here we are. We're live, live and we're mostly on time. Mostly. Oh, I just about took everything down there. All welcome right. to the chat tonight, those who are following us live, and uh, good day to you who are catching us on the rewind. We got um, good day, man. man. I don't, I don't know how how long this is going to go tonight, but we've got three very rich topics to cover. Um, 
But Josh, how how you doing, man? I'm doing how, good. You? Great, great stuff. Good day, decent day. Um, glad to be here with you. I know you're on the mend right now. You're on the back end of a of a crummy cold. Yeah, um, that's so why we're in different places remote, today. Yeah. Um, out of uh, respect for the health of my family, which is uh, better than I would have done. So good for you. <laughs> well, any anytime I can record with my fake Yoda lamp in the background is hell yeah is an opportunity not Froda. wasted. Fro Froda, what? what are we it's talking? interesting though. You and I have. I think we're at a maximum of less than five podcasts, not in the same room. I know even through COVID, we, maybe that's, maybe that's inaccurate because through COVID, I think we did a few, but even then we kind of press the envelope. I'd like send the family away. I remember when it was so scary and you'd come sneaking in the house. You wouldn't touch anything. We'd spray everything <laughs> down when you left. Come that in was the... early when we were washing groceries, right? So we were like, ah, it sucks in different rooms, and you'd come creeping in, and and we do the pod. I'd yeah. wipe the microphone down when you were done, um, and despite your best efforts, I'm still alive. So here we are. But here it we is do. weird to be remote. I'm used to having you right across the way, my friend, and yeah. uh, instead you are right across the way. We're <laughs> yeah. like three miles apart. <laughs> so. um, all right, Josh. The first first thing on the to do list. Um, there was a, a bit of a, I wasn't, it had the potential of being a kerfuffle, oh, um, a little bit of a, a dust up perhaps mm -hmm. when, when, um, the residents of a former house that Peter Mayhew and his wife, Peter Mayhew, the, uh, character that played Chewbacca in star Wars, the seven foot tall man, um, some the people that had lived in a house that he had previously lived in came across a box of items of Mr. Mayhew's that had some Star Wars connectivity to them. It was some paperwork, some uh, some call sheets, and uh, you know nothing nothing wild and crazy kind of items. Um, yeah, no, but, no revelation stuff, but yeah, right. But just action in there, which is pretty cool. Yeah, but there there were some things that had Star Wars and Peter Mayhew on them. You know, it was mostly paperwork kind of items. Sure. And um, they they found them in an attic, and uh, and they were going to auction them off at a auction house. Um, By they, you mean the people that lived in that house? Right? Yeah, the husband and wife that that lived there, and uh, they were delighted to find this this box that had been in the attic, you know, for who knows how long. And, and, um, and, and Mrs. Mayhew, who still is with us, Peter is, is no longer, but uh, Mrs. Mayhew through the Peter Mayhew foundation uh, made a couple posts saying that she was heartbroken that some of her husband's belongings were, were being sold. And so, Kind of a so lament. And you yeah. sent me a text. I mean, I know that went across Twitter, um, as I think Mrs. Mayhew intended to uh, get the support of, I don't know, probably guys in our demographic, right? Yeah. Collectors, et cetera. Yeah. Right. You actually sent a text and said, I don't know how I feel about this. And so yeah. explain that a little bit. Well, um, let you know, this is, I'm just giving you the information as I originally saw it. Um, sure. I, I dug a little deeper, found out a little bit more. And that, 
And that actually caused me to kind of feel conflicted about, about how it should proceed as if I was in charge. Um, but I, on the one hand, like I can totally see how the owners of the home were like, Hey, this was in our attic. Who knows how long it had been here. Um, and they came across this kind of a cool thing. Like, like sure. anybody who finds cool things, they find them in an attic, you know, or they find them in an old desk drawer or an estate sale or something like that. You come across it. Honestly, it's a collector's dream. especially Yeah. It, yeah it's it. I mean, like if you or I were to find something like that, we'd be over the moon about it. Totally. And, um, and, you know, maybe, maybe they could use a few bucks too. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm presuming, or maybe they just thought they could get a few dollars worth because it had Peter Mayhew's name on it and Star Wars. Um, and so I can totally see on their side of it, like how this would be kind of a fun, exciting opportunity. And then I could also see from Mrs. Mayhew, who, you know, Peter has only passed in the last couple of years, um, maybe three years now, but, yeah. but she'd be like, oh, well, those were, those were his things. And it would be, it would be nice to have them back, you know, even though it's just paperwork items, it's not like there were photographs or anything like that, <laughs> but just to know that it was her husband's at one time and, and now they're just being put up for auction, you know. I could I could definitely see her side of it as well. Um, I think that's a quandary is that you can see and support like if this was a debate class, it wouldn't be morally difficult to support either like either side, right? Like yeah. Like, and my knee jerk response to you was when I hear you say I'm conflicted, I'm like, okay, well then that means he's not like straight up on Mrs. Mayhew's side. So let me just put out mm. that point but i i did it in the sense of like you could you could put up an argument on the other side um which you just did like you're a collector you're in your attic you bought this house how many years have they been out of that house 15 20 well 25 i think you said they had yeah they had uh the mayhews had lived in that house in 25 years right so i mean at what point is the statute of limitations where exactly you know, exactly. or it is like we have here a scuba putting finders keepers up there. I, I get it. I get it. But I, yeah. I said you, my question to you would be, if it were old let love letters, if it were old pictures of her husband from the war, <laughs> and it had zero celebrity connected, zero tie to anything of value, would you even hesitate to give it back? You wouldn't. You'd just be like, oh my gosh. You'd actually go on a quest to find a family member connected to that nostalgia so that you could return it to them. Sure. However, because it carries the label of Star Wars, Mayhew, Chewbacca, whatever you want, then it becomes valuable, right? And so at that point, you have a moral quandary of what is the cost of this memory? And I think Mrs. Mayhew, I'm, I may be getting ahead of your topic here, but I think Mrs. Mayhew played on that pretty well. Pretty well, there's, there's, a, there's a few... A few things to consider here. Um, the first that if uh, see, I think that if it wasn't Peter Mayhew and Star Wars, this is a non-issue. If twenty-five right. years had passed, and when you move out of a house, like you assume there's been an opportunity to move all of the items that you care about out. Now, if you accidentally leave something behind or intentionally leave something behind, 
it becomes fair game. You know, almost immediately, I would think. But didn't Mrs. Mayhew play it up pretty well about the... Oh, she did. She did. Peter's knees, and he couldn't even get into the attic. And really, to be quite frank, at the time... Oh, I believe that one. I, I would even say 25 years ago, probably, I could say, eh, you knew that was valuable on some regard. But at the time, it would be like, what is the value? And I think the value is greater now, obviously, with his, with well, his passing. But So then... So then here's another here's another point to consider. Like the people at the auction house uh, did not consider any of the items to be high dollar items. Mm. It's paperwork. It's sure. business papers, you know, just that have his name on it's it. It's not his costume. It's not his. No, no, no. It's not like a, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. There are no props. It's, it's nothing like that. And so. Oh, caster. Sorry. Not plaster. <laughs> so, you know, I. Uh, I can, I can absolutely sympathize with the couple, with the finders keepers, and like, who would have thought that twenty five years later that Mrs. Mayhew would be so like, I would really appreciate to have those things back, you know, uh, because you would think that if they were of value to her, then when they moved out because of Peter's ailing, you know, physical state, because he couldn't get around very well the last, you know, probably. 10, 15 years that he was around because of his giganticism. Yeah. He was like seven, four when he passed away. And, you know, so I, I totally believe her when she said like, you know, Peter couldn't get into the attic. It was just too hard on him. And, sure. and I believe that. And he was like, but was it too hard on her? Could they not just ask somebody to go up there well, and grab them? <laughs> Were there other things in the attic that they did grab, but they just didn't grab that. So anyway, the story has a happy ending. It does. The auction house gave it back to Mrs. Mayhew. And there's good PR for the couple because now they're not selling off the remains of a, you know, a, Which maybe a, for a little beloved little, character. Would you, would you rather be a pariah for five or $10,000 or pounds or whatever? Or would you be, would you rather be somebody that was like, yeah, let's, let's make sure this goes to the Mayhew foundation. I, I, I think that's what I ultimately said to you was like, you know, before we knew that the auction house gave it back, as you and I just in private, like the green room before our show today. <laughs> um, I was just like, well, you know, what would be cool is if they said like, no matter what, we're going to donate X amount of proceeds to the Mayhew foundation, you know, yeah. like, so, but do you think if we wanted to get, I don't, I don't want to get, I don't think it's particularly nasty, but do you think that Mrs. Mayhew was, was contemplating the value that it could could possibly be and a little like hey that's mine you know if it's worth it's if it's worth fifty thousand dollars that's ours you know or yeah worth i mean what, yours you know i don't know that's what we don't know i mean <clears throat> was the because we're talking about matters of the heart so it's like sure. it, was she more motivated to get those things back because of the perceived value or because of the sentimentality of it and both i think she i think you couldn't <clears throat> allow her to, like you would there was no way if she came on either side of that that you would falter she owns no. she owns both rightfully the she owns the the perceived value and she owns the value of the heart she owns both so yeah well yeah the auction but house I, looks like the auction house did it did right by mrs mayhew which i agree with i just agree with i, I don't know well, this it's the only outcome where everybody saves face, right? Yep. Somebody lost so and and that treasure hunter in the attic of the home they bought lost. And but did they lose? 
or did they gain maybe maybe they'll serious galactic karma yeah maybe they'll get to meet mrs mayhew and and hand them to her you know what i mean well like i said i think the ultimate result would have been any form of donation to the foundation or what ultimately happened a complete donation to mrs mayhew and then she may do whatever she likes which i think is accurate and correct well i think the the lesson that i've learned in all this that if you find something awesome you use a pseudonym to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you just uh you don't make you a big just deal wait a little bit longer <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, that's dark no, uh, I, won't, I won't detail that out but you know what i mean <laughs> just uh, wait a, little, a few more just, years yeah just hang on to it you know it's not there's no rush but uh, i do think like ultimately especially in our community where we find um you know uh, actors and and icons like peter mayhew to be revered in a very high regard you you almost want that to go to a place where you can view it and see it and i hope that mrs mayhew can do both i hope that it can support her foundation or even support her i mean for god's sake <clears throat> it's fine it's it's hers it's her husband's but I also hope that we can enjoy it in some capacity. Yeah, I'd be, you know, I'd be and, and you and I walked through. It? We walked through. Uh, you know, um, what was that? Steve, uh, Steve's stuff. And oh yeah, Sand Sweets. Yeah, Sand Sweets. I don't know. I was going with something else. Sand Sweets stuff. And it was like, well, it wasn't completely amazing. It was still really cool to kind of walk through and just see, you know, some some actual. Yeah, and not every item that was on display was like was like thousands of dollars, you know. Right, that's what I mean. Like yeah. even something I think I think monetary value is only relative to I don't know, scarcity, but there's also some really intrinsic value in in being able to see something, touch something, you know, be right. near something that that holds so much history. And I and I hope that's what may use. <clears throat> ultimately with those items that that well, Mrs. Mayhew got uh bring us speaking of items that have a lot of intrinsic value to them um what's up Maza? he got our uh, surprise package <laughs> <flash. laughs> hey yeah. hey uh, my advice to you is put those directly in your attic just, and, and forget uh, about and them. claim them back when some idiot uh, tries to sell them <laughs> at an auction house for 50 cents 50 cents uh well i'm glad you got them buddy and thanks for uh playing along with us there yeah that was fun we did warn you that we, they, yeah. it wasn't going to be a top prize, but it was a prize. <laughs> and then the G's Force, isn't that Andy's friend? Yeah, Steve Sansweet's my friend. Yeah. 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 My friend Steve. Old Steve. My friend Steve. Okay. Um, next, Josh. Um it's a good question. Do you do you know the answer to this? Shabby disposed one. Uh did they get anything? I mean, obviously, if the the auction house is just a broker, so they don't control the items. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I, not couple, not that I'm aware. The of. Must have decided to release these, which I think, I don't think the couple's getting enough press. So maybe we'll do it here, even if we're wrong. Like, yeah. congratulations to you, couple. Very nice of you to do that. I I don't know how the auction house could release it unless they had some kind of law that's that says, uh, you know, like a pawn shop, like you're you're selling stolen goods. You know, let's we have to return these to the rightful owners. But 
I don't want to think that's the case. So without knowing better, I would just say congratulations to that couple if they release those of, of their own free will to uh, the Mayhews or Mrs. Mayhew and perhaps that foundation, I hope. Yeah, because I would think like from a legal standpoint, that's their property. Sure. So if they, I, to, I, I think so if they really, if they really wanted to be, you know, sticky about it, I don't think Mrs. Mayhew really has a leg to stand on. But like I said, the story has a happy ending. Everybody gets good press out of this. And isn't that what sucks about things? If it had a negative ending, if this was still a battle, we'd just be gnashing our teeth and debating about it. But instead, it was a happy ending. So it's kind of a fleeting like, oh, oh that was a good thing. Yeah. For let's let's, for, let's harbor that a little bit and say, hey, yeah, congratulations, that auction house and that couple and Mrs. Mayhew for just a really, really cool Star Wars-esque hopeful outcome. Thank you. That was cool. And we hope to see those things on display somewhere, or we hope that they benefit a greater cause than yeah. an attic. Yeah. There or was a 24 hour period where it was like, Oh, what, what's going to happen? You know, who, yeah. how should this play out? And, and it, and it played out. So everybody's yeah. happy. I wanted to bring it up because we find stuff all the time. Um, you know, whether it be star Wars collection items, you know, that, kids are selling off because their father passed away and, you know, things like that, that have sentimental value. And, and, you know, I don't know, it just, it seemed relevant to what we do and, and, and how, how would you respond? How would I respond? Um, you know, I, I think, think we agreed. I think, I think this has a different ending. If, if, uh, if it was a very high value item, yeah, if, right. it's his... if it was a Wookiee suit, you know? <laughs> if it's his tattered, moth-eaten suit, yeah, yeah we're, we're, I... we're in court. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, I think, uh, I think we would sympathize with Mrs. Mayhew, but we would understand if the couple wanted sure. to move forward. So, sure. Anyway, I think we've spent enough time on that, Josh. Um, I saw something a few weeks ago in our own Target. Mm. our own target just down the road that I couldn't, I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe I'd never thought I'd ever see it and I took a picture of it and I'm going to post it up here right now. And I want to discuss, <clears throat> I saw Boba Fett peg warming at target. How many deep are we there? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Wow. And those are all Fets. Those are all the same one. Mm. And I want to tell you that a week later, I went back and nothing had changed. So those, those Bobas had been sitting there for at least a week. And in my mind, that's unheard of. A. And those are six-inch figures? or Those are Black Series six-inch yeah. figures. And, and it, this was... Yeah, this is this was a while ago, and this is where I kind of got the idea of our of our thumbnail tonight with the Boba Fatigue. Um, that will also lead into our third topic of conversation. But um, it's it's incredible to me that so in order for this to happen, one of two things has has to be true. The first is that this is not a popular figure. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. Boba Fett is maybe the most popular figure in Star Wars, especially if you consider 
the Mandalorian spinoffs and and you know those are a direct line from him being so popular. And those were the only figures. Is that what you're saying of that? Style? Yeah, those are the only Black Series figures on in our target at the time. Um, the other thing that could be true is that it's, if it's not a popular figure, if it's an unpopular, if it's not an unpopular figure, sorry about that, then um, then either consumers are are just tired of it, or the price point's wrong, or people aren't collecting Black Series like they were, you know, a couple years ago. And so I, I think it's two of three share and the, those two will be get the third, to be honest with you. I, I think that I think fatigue, fatigue is real. I think the price point is wrong. I don't see how you can take a mold that you have used at least for the last 10 years, modified, maybe upgraded, maybe. A card back that costs you nothing to design because it's been designed and all you're doing is copying you know vintage and then you put it out there for 35 bucks if we're talking about a two to three dollar cost i'd be surprised could be less even delivered and now we're charging 35 dollars because we're you know i i just and then that begets the third one which is like now people are tired of that figure and by that i mean they're tired of every figure at 35 bucks i mean it's a toy it's a toy 35 dollars is what we used to pay for two of these items ish pretty close so or if yeah really close i mean we're paying what 13 14 bucks for these so i don't know and i see a boba fett now i mean boba fett's mystique was peeled back um with the book of Boba Fett, at least for hardcore collectors, vintage collectors, we had some questions answered, like it or not, they were answered. And now it's just like, now, now hope is gone. <laughs> hope is gone. It's been replaced <laughs> with canon, in fact. And now we just know, like, oh, damn it, he became a, a Vespa gangster. But so I, I, the the comments in the chat are all correct i mean in canada it's a 55 dollar figure in australia it's a 65 dollar figure um you know 30 we complain 35 in the states but it's it's higher elsewhere sure. and and i know like gilster and shabby and you know pop Ward, they collect black series figures and they're they're passing on them you know because well, how because, many iterations of this figure do they have? Well, Josh, that's a fantastic question that you bring up because it is the same. It's essentially the same mold, but repainted. Um, they threw a few like uh, jetpack. It's a much better mold. I would like to know the details on that because I haven't oh, seen this personally. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Shabby made the point too. It's like, well, we've gotten quite a few black series Boba Fett's and they're essentially not very different from each other. Now, again, Albert, I would love to hear, I would love to hear um, what makes this one a little bit better other than the flames coming out of the jetpack. But, um, but you know, you've got your oh, empire, empire strikes back version. You've got your 
uh, Return of the Jedi Blue Sky version in you. And w- whenever you get one in the Black Series, you you especially with Boba Fett because they're popular, you'll get one in the Vintage Collection as well. And uh, you know you've got your prototypes, you've got your in disguise, you've got you know uh, now with the Book of Boba Fett. The unmasked one, you know, where he's got the the tunic. Yeah, Mandalorian Boba Fett. With the, with <clears throat> right. The so, so we we have gotten a pretty steady dose of Boba Fett, you know, along with the Black Series Empire Strikes Back helmet, the Book of Boba Fett repainted helmet, and I believe we're getting a Return of the Jedi helmet this year for the 40th anniversary for that. Um, so then I got to thinking, Josh. Do you know how many unique Boba Fett figures have been made since 1980 or 79? There's been 76. Wow. And that more and we're at the golden golden year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's been 76. And so, you know, in 40 years, 76, that's you know, three a year. That's not how it's been because there was a lot of years where it was just just the one. And then in the 90s, they they made a Power of the Force. They made a um, uh, Shadows of the Empire version and Power of the Force 2. Anyway, but then it's just, it's it's built. And now, like you said, we've gotten to a saturation point, I feel like, where we've gotten so much Boba Fett and so many people love Boba Fett that that we've kind of hit the high watermark and, and that we should probably pull back a little bit or we're going to see more Boba's uh, hanging on the pegs, which is is totally bizarre to me because that's never been the case. Well, remember when we had a uh, one-up Boba? We made this joke five years ago, <laughs> uh, just from cons, where you you have like all the iterations of Boba, which I find fascinating, right? Like they like you take any Boba Fett armor and and paint and and modify it with uh, additions and different greeblies or whatever, and it's super cool. Like there's nothing like a Boba Fett. AKA Mandalorian helmet to make uh, any costume. It, it doesn't matter your size, your weight, your height. You can you can look awesome in a Boba Fett, you know, cosplay. Yeah. However, <laughs> however, that I I don't know. I mean, I I love to see him. We were at Star Wars Celebration, and didn't they have like this Boba Fett or man? I guess for a better term, it would be a Mandalorian, you know, photo shoot. It was hundreds of these well-made costumes but i would say that if you were to go and find a true boba fett costume they would be scarcer than the one-up boba fett costumes like it would be hard to find just a straight up og boba fett instead of a boba fett not a mandalorian a boba fett modified with different color schemes and which are also very awesome like they take boba fett and you know, cross platform with GI Joe and Transformers and all this, you know, cool stuff. It's awesome, but that's what Boba Fett brought was this very, I don't know, medieval armor type of, you know, Mandalorian. He's the first Mandalorian we see on, <clears throat> you know, or on. So film. as as popular as Boba Fett is, he does not have the record for the most iterations of a action figure. Would that uh, be Grogu? <laughs> <laughs> Quickly climbing up that ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, no, 
there are there are two other figures, two other characters that have actually quite a few more versions of their action figures than Boba Fett at 76. Um, can you guess who those two might be? Uh, let's go with Vader. Vader uh, number one. Vader uh, number Storm, one. Storm slash clone troopers, just to keep it keep it down. Well, I think a stormtrooper and a clone trooper and a they are different. I get it. I, they would be considered different. They would, and then you're like, is it a is it a snow trooper? Is it a scout trooper? I mean, I guess I guess I could just go with trooper, but that sounds like maybe that's not specific enough. I so Luke is number one, or Vader is number one. I go Luke. Luke is in there. Yeah, Luke is the other one. So okay. Vader and Luke. Um, so here's here was the deal. I looked up, you know, the same place that I looked up how many. I mean, this is Googleable. Um, where where I found that there were seventy six versions of Boba Fett, I looked up how many Luke Skywalkers there had been since nineteen seventy seven, and there was like a hundred and twenty something. Yeah. So a quite a big jump. And then when I looked up Vader, there was even more. Sure. So. Um, which is great because those well those that makes two, sense. That's it makes it makes perfect sense. Intact, yeah, so. exactly. But if you thought that we might be getting oversaturated with fets, what what does that say about Luke and Vader? Are we are we getting there? With I them? don't feel that way with Luke and Vader because I think they just kind of fly in, and 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 maybe it's because. Let me see if I can articulate this. Maybe it's because Boba Fett held enough cool mystique um, prior to his, I guess it's not an origin story, his uh, final story or whatever, his continued story, that it was cool. And, and maybe even because we only got one Boba Fett in the original, you know, vintage figures, right? We got one. We didn't get a, we got, we got yeah, one we, Vader. Huh? Only got one no, Vader. We had two Vaders. We had no. We had a Jedi Vader. We, the Vader it was just a re redo. But it was the same Vader, sure, just on a different card. Excuse me. So anyway, um, but Luke, there were five different Luke. Yeah, there's there. all these different Lukes, right? Like he's the main characters, which is, you know, it would be hard to argue that Luke isn't the main character in the original trilogy if you were just looking at it without, you know, from a layman's eyes, like you watch the first the first three movies of the you know series original three movies you'd be like yeah it's luke luke's the main character and vader's yeah. the main antagonist right he's the main bad guy and then you got han solo and leia and chewbacca and right R2 and they're R2 cool and r2 yeah just go down the line there but so you would expect to see you know x-wing luke and farm boy luke and and um, hoth luke and jedi luke and jedi knight luke or whatever so i get that yeah. Um, and, well, one of the, you know, recently this last week at the Hasbro, you know, the, the Black Series con exclusive for Celebration is a Darth Vader figure. And it's just a Darth Vader with like red splattered paint to kind of match with the Revenge of the Jedi poster, you know, that kind of red and black, yeah. you know, theme. And, you know, there, there are people that are like, oh, that looks cool, you know. And then other people are like, another Vader. You know, we got Black and Red Vader. We got Return of the Jedi Vader. I mean, just like, I don't know. Some of the same things I've, I've been, some of the same things I've been hearing about and thinking about Boba Fett, 
I'm hearing with Vader now too. And it's like, well, how, how much longer, and this gets into point number three, Josh, like how much, how much can we keep coming out with the same figures before people just get tired of it? And it's like, you know what? I've got a hundred different Vader's that's enough, you know, or it's, it seems like star Wars has to pull up the old stuff to keep everybody connected. But by doing that, we're getting a lot of original trilogy stuff. That's just like, and maybe that's cause I don't, I don't know. I, these are questions that I don't have answers to, but, but it's like how much, how much repacking with different cards can you do of a figure? How much uh, of the same mold with different paint applications can you do before there's just too many? It's enough because I feel like we're getting close. So let's ask a question. Another question. Are we the demographic they care about? Which is an interesting question because we're the demographic that buys their, their, their stuff, right? Yeah. But is it the fact that you may catch that passing grandma or grandpa or mom or dad that's looking for that present for the niece or nephew or the kid or the grandkid. And it's like, oh, Boba Fett. I've seen that guy before. My kid said he liked that guy. He dressed up for him for Halloween two years ago. My grandkid, whatever. And so you're just catching. Whereas us, we're like, when's the next one? When's the next one? We're buying every one that comes out. So this could lead in again to like <clears throat> Hasbro's strategy really... <laughs> Is it really, is it on point or do they not have a clue or do they just think like, well, let's, or do they just look at numbers, which is by the way, part of business. Like every time we put a Boba Fett out, I don't care how many you put out, he keeps selling. We're going to keep putting Boba Fett out until the numbers drop between below X and, and now it might be X. And in the meantime, you've totally disenfranchised your main buyers or at least your, your stable buyers that are always out there but you're still hoping that grandma and grandpa or mom and dad or aunt and uncle walk by and grab that familiar figure because he's very, very familiar. We've got multiple shows with him. We've got a long history with the original trilogy and same with Vader, same with Luke, same with, uh, I mean, far more with those guys than with any, same with R2-D2. I mean, R2, I can't believe R2 didn't make the list pretty. There's, pretty there's a lot of R2s, but not, not more than. But R2 is coming so many iterations. So, I mean, he's in, He's a, yeah. he's a, they've made so many little, yeah, they, you know, remote all robots out of him. And yeah, they all crazy. have though. I mean, it's not like, so my, my overall point though, is like, do, do they care what we think given the numbers based on what the person that isn't completely immersed in this topic thinks? I don't know. Well, let, let me segue to, to point number three then, because 3.5, no, 3.1, <laughs> three, uh, two B, um, 2B. 2A and 2B. Um, so the action figure grader, John, who I think is a wonderful follow on YouTube, if you're into buying and selling vintage and modern figures, comics, and Star Wars sports cards. Um, he had a video in the last week that says, is this the downward spiral of Star Wars? And he, and he points out some things and makes some presumptions, right? Because that's all any of us can really do. But the points are a little glaring. And then I've got, I had a conversation this morning with a different John, uh, Super Awesome Geek Show John, about some news that he got because he works for Lego. 
about some Hasbro stuff. And so uh, let me let me give you a few bulleted points here, Josh, that I made on my notes. Okay, sir, so made some notes. Dis uh, Disney is cutting seven thousand jobs, um, which isn't all Star Wars based, but Disney as a umbrella. You know, they're cutting seven thousand jobs. They're cutting five point five billion dollars in uh, costs, which three billion of that is going to be in new content from Disney Plus. I thought it would just be all ride operators at their parks. Yeah, <laughs> use your um, use your app to start the ride, and it, and that does not include ESPN, which is also not doing great. Um, they're losing subscriptions on Disney Plus because of because of lack of popular content, new content coming out. Um, and they're losing subscriptions to other competitive streaming services as well. Um, so you're seeing on the Disney side of it in the future. Now they've they've got some things in the can already that that are underway and that are gonna that, that will finish. You know, like Mando season three, which is next month, and Ahsoka and some other things. But but after that, it's it looks like it's probably we're gonna probably get into a period of, of some real thin new content coming out. Not a lot. Um, <clears throat> the Hasbro side of it, and I'll have to pull up my, my uh, conversation with John from this morning. Um, and, I, and I did send you a picture of the, of the thing that kind of kicked this off here, but sure. Um, it, it was interesting because And that had primarily to do with. Here it is. It says, wow, just got word through Lego corporate that Hasbro has fired all of their store reps and store level merchandising people. They will no longer have any people working with stores like Target and Walmart and such. I said, Here's why that doesn't bother me. Because what the frick were those people doing since now until now? Nothing. So maybe that maybe. to me is a great cost cut because it's not like there's any valid, you know, uh, uh, tangible effort that we've seen out there that has shown that they are promoting their their product and they're putting it front and center and they're stacking the pegs and they're you're facing the pegs and they're putting them on end caps. Nothing. So if those people are just rolling through for Hasbro, I mean, now of course we could probably assume that that they their only job, you know, their job wasn't only to 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 promote star wars hasbro products but i don't know i'm just playing devil's advocate it's like who no, cares no We've you're it's a that's a that's a valid point josh and and you working in retail for so many years you you have a take on this that i i probably don't so i asked him i said i said that sounds crazy how do you think that will affect us as consumers and he says probably less sales the stores don't put stuff where it should go and a representative or merchandiser works with the managers to get space with no one fighting for space. The stores just won't give it to them freely. Uh, Andy, how many times have we shown up to a target and they are pulling the, the stock, which should have been pegged that morning per the release date, per the may the force be with fourth be with right, you. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, we haven't gotten to it yet. That to me just says that the, whatever whatever representative that was supposed to be on hand, especially for a May the 4th 
Like let's an just event. say, yeah, let's an just event. Say, let's just say, like on any level, if you were some sort of representative for a Hasbro product, and it was May the Fourth or Avengers Tuesday or whatever the frick it is, yeah, your job would be to go to those locations. I don't care how remote. Now maybe maybe the issue we have is in a rural area with only like a sixty or seventy thousand population. We're not getting that attention. Maybe they're hitting the Portlands of the Seattle's or the Charlottes or whatever. Pick your cities. But even then, we have never shown up. We have more times than we haven't opened the opened the literal shipping boxes with yeah. the employee yeah. and not with some representative that was there at 5 a.m. making sure shit was going down. I just I think that this is a great cost savings. I don't think it's going to change anything about our pegs. I think that our pegs have been the way they are with a bunch of lackadaisical merchandisers, period, period. Okay. So Whether then, you want to blame the stores or blame Hasbro's representatives, it doesn't matter. There's been nothing done. You walk in, there's nothing done. It's terrible. With the exception of maybe an Avengers release, Avengers, you know, whatever, a Marvel release, where I've seen some serious uh, end caps going on. But I think that has more to do with maybe the people that work at Walmart or Target that are excited about that product. Maybe. I Anything maybe, to do maybe Josh, and and some of it too is like, and this is a whole nother can of worms. But like the, we've talked about this many times, like when things are coming out, it's six months after it should have, right? Right, like to get peak sales. Anyway, John goes on to say it's like it's kind of a self fulfilling prophecy thing because sales will go down even more, and eventually Hasbro will say it isn't profitable to be profitable to be at retail but won't be profitable because no one is there to give them the space and it will be their own fault. Then he goes on and says, I predict Disney will pull the star Wars and Marvel license. Cause if Hasbro moves to direct sales only Disney won't be happy. They will want a presence in the toy aisle, especially at Walmart. Um, he says, so eventually Disney won't even allow Hasbro to keep those licenses as they are now. Maybe a new online license will be granted, but there will be toys in Walmart. So maybe, the retail license will go to whomever stays in the toy aisles at Walmart, Mattel, Spin Master, McFarlane, or maybe Disney will make their own toys for Walmart and deal directly. Um, I said, that's crazy that Disney doesn't ha have a say in how Hasbro does this. Maybe they do, but it sounds like Disney could eventually pull the license from Hasbro. That'd be a few steps down the road from now, but it seems like it's on the table. He says, exactly. I think it's a downward spiral for Hasbro for the next five to 10 years as this changes. They seem to have screwed up big time. Said Lego Corporate said Hasbro doesn't look good on paper for future profits. They don't want to see them fall like the toy competition, but their breakdown in the meeting that I just had said it did not look good at all. I said, maybe at this, you know, this is obviously all speculation, but it seems like they've dug themselves a hole that they're going to really have to do some cutting and some reflection to see how they will get out. So then I asked, and I apologize, I'm just reading this here. I said, how much do you think this is from post-COVID supply chain rippling, rippling effect uh, versus just being poorly managed? And John says, it's poorly managed. If it were COVID-related, then other toy companies would have the same pinch and Mattel and Lego they're not pulling reps and merchandisers. In fact, both Mattel and Lego are hiring more reps. Spin Master reps are coming along also. They're hiring more too. And I said, well, that's not mm -hmm. good for Hasbro and Disney stock. He's, and he's like, well, Disney stock's pretty solid, but 
I don't know if I'd be keeping my Hasbro stock unless it looks like there could be a buyout and Hasbro sells itself to Disney, you know, because um, a sale could be what the company higher ups want. Who makes out when they have a big sale? The CEOs and top brass, they make millions off of a big sale. The employees get screwed along the way and consumers fuss and squabble about higher ups um, and they don't take care of the lower life forms like us. So Hasbro could be setting up uh, for a sale, sell the company to Disney or someone else, Amazon or Google, who knows? Let me ask a question. I know you're... Go for it. No, that's that's basically Just, it. Yeah. Let me um, ask a question, and maybe the chat can help here. What toy manufacturer is killing it? Like, what toy manufacturer is absolutely doing it right? So we have one of the largest toy manufacturers in the world in Hasbro. You've got Mattel. You've got, um, you know, whatever... Uh, uh, Funko, who I would put up there as being pretty successful. Yeah. But what what toy manufacturer is absolutely on the cutting edge of dealing with the current retail environment? That means a good mix of online, a good mix of um, brick and mortar, a good mix of direct, <clears throat> you know, whatever it is, how they're doing that. So the question may, the underlying question may not have to do with uh, Hasbro, it may have to do with what is the viability of action figures or toys themselves? Is that something that the up and coming generations, and I don't know this answer, I'm just asking for real, is that something that the up and coming generations even get to give a damn about? Or is it all now app based, video game based? It's all on your phone. Your entertainment is not coming from imagination in the form of physical play. It's coming from imagination in the form of digital play. So, that may be a question we all have to ask. We may be looking at, 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 at you know, physical toys, action figures on a decline and a decline that may not ever go away. Like, it, like they'll never disappear, but they might just have their own little niche that, that just supplies a, a lesser amount. Look, when you and I were kids, we had no access to where my mind could be completely occupied for most of the day with an iPad. My kids have had that since... I mean, I got a I got a room full of toys that aren't mine. I have a room full of I have more toys that aren't mine, but I have a room full of toys that aren't mine that my kids haven't touched in years. Because guess what? Their number one toy has an eye in front of it. That's it. That's yeah. what they're dealing with. Yeah. A little imagination and, here and there, and then we'll just take videos of it with our iPhone. It's crazy. Well, let me let me answer the first part, Josh. You asked what toy retailer is kicking ass. Yeah, who's Lego, kicking? Lego and McFarlane. I and, agree with that. So like so they they are they're not having the same problems and mcfarland prices were the same as black series when black series started black series has increased mcfarland hasn't they're still 20 dollars figures and they're just as articulate they come with you know little doodads and accessories as well so you know i think and another part of it too is that hasbro has to pay for the star wars license right but they don't pay for gi joe they don't pay for, you know, other things. And so the Star Wars license, I mean, all you have to do is look at the, at recent, uh, and we've talked about this, HasLab projects. Like everything else is is getting pushed through. The Star Wars is like two out of four, you know, That's and premium. over its last two. And so, yeah. and so, and Star Wars prices seem to keep increasing. And, and I, I mean, again this is steps down the road i don't i don't know how they can keep doing what they're doing and still be profitable and it sounds like they can't 
And it's a combination of, of Disney. If Disney's coming out with less content, there's going to be less opportunity for new merchandise. And so if they're there, action figure grader, John says this in his video, I really encourage you to, to watch it, but he sees this as the beginning of less star Wars on the shelves, on the screen, just in general. And not that it's going to be another like dark ages, 1990s kind of thing where we only get comics and books, but maybe it, maybe it does, you know, I don't know unless, and here's the caveat to that. Iger is the big deal maker guy. Yeah, he's back and he's back. And so maybe they buy out another streaming service like Paramount. Maybe they, they change the agreement with Hasbro and the star Wars license and give it to somebody else, you know, buy them out and then give it to somebody else. I don't know, but Iger's the guy, if a big deal is to be made, that's why he is there. So I'll just leave that out there. So, so would I, you just as a quick, like this could be a one word answer. Do you think that Marvel is more viable than star Wars within Disney? Yes or no. Well, it's tough because You've got a 40-year, 43-year history of Star Wars being an internationally known entity that that on some level, you know, well, it has a high Marvel it has a high floor. Star Wars, but yeah. Star Wars has a high floor. But Marvel in the last 10 years, I think, has really come up to meet or maybe even surpass Star Wars. They're so, putting more content out quicker, faster. And maybe not quality wise. I'm just saying. I mean, I I watched Moon Knight, who also stars a you know, a, a former Star Wars actor. Um, it was okay, but it was also readily available. Yeah, you watch, you know, uh, WandaVision and all these things. Like they're just Marvel. It out. It's not. It's not deeply in depth or deeply uh, nostalgic or deeply whatever you want, like uh, it wrapped in secrecy. It's just like, here's content, here's content, here's yeah. content, here's content. And we live in a, a world right now where, I mean, you can go on Netflix and you can die on Netflix and never watch the same thing twice, good or bad. But like some of it's good. It's kind of good. It's like, yeah. oh, that's a good episode. That was a good episode. And that doesn't even include HBO Max, Apple TV, uh, Hulu, all these other places, it, you know, even Disney Plus that are just offering, you know, content, content, content. So at what point does Star Wars just kind of get shuffled in? A Mandalorian, I believed, and and I have a really scary um, comment I want to put up from Albert that terrifies me individually, and I don't <laughs> care about the rest of you. Um, no, I do. But like you know all like mandalorian like we're getting it's good content it's really good it captured at least season one captured the minds of non-star wars fans and brought them in and they wanted to watch it and then season two showed them uh, maybe there's more story than they expected we just like seeing the little green guy and so i don't know how many people fell off with that obviously not the diehard star wars fans we loved it great ending to season two um rolling into Book of Boba Fett, which basically gave us season 2.1 of Mandalorian with a little bit of, you know, Luke and and Grogu. But like, is season three going to grab a bunch of a bunch of new Star Wars people or is it just going to be us? You know, like, like, yeah, we've been here the whole time. And you guys that like the green baby that now you're all 
tired of because again fat fatigue um or, or grow over it i don't know whatever you want to say um i don't know yeah I, that was I what no, what was the what was the post you want? So here's to the I, I agree. I agree. Matt had a comment too. It said we need a theatrical Star Wars movie. Um, yeah, I agree too. I I agree with that. It's just making a a movie is a lot riskier in the digital era because I heard Matt Damon say this. It's like you could take a chance on on a movie, you know, on the content of a movie uh, back in the day because you had DVD sales that would that would boost, you know, that would come alongside the theatrical sales. Um, but you don't have that anymore. And, and you get a, you know, you, you get a little bit for streaming, but it's not, it's not the same. And so if you're going to make a movie, you have, I mean, executives have to know that it's going to hit. And, uh, and so that's why you, that's why you're getting a lot of superhero movies. When's the last you know, time you were in a movie theater. It's been a while. Uh, the Batman. I saw that in the theater. I did not. I saw Top Gun Maverick. Oh, yeah, that too. And the last movie I've seen pre-COVID or since COVID. So go back to 2020. Really, I hadn't seen a movie since uh, Rise of Skywalker. I hadn't been in the theater. Then COVID hit. And then it was Maverick was my return to the theater. I think the theater is dead. I don't I don't know why people go there you tell me why in the chat i won't i'm not i don't care if you go there um but like you can buy a 70 inch tv for like 30 dollars now i don't know why you have to go to a theater when when you can literally you know watch um a massive screen in your own home and it won't you don't have to you know use your tax return to get it done so anyway that's a different topic so here's a terrifying comment albert made for me personally when you were talking about disney <laughs> that's... i know but again again as we have matt say uh disney needs a, th a theatrical release to me this was as theatrical as disney could get it was a it was a true gritty i just thought it it it, it exited the boundaries that were within kind of that campy fun mandalorian and i love the mandalorian i'm not talking trash at all then Boba Fett and, and, you know, it just kind of got a little, it got fun, you know, uh, Clone Wars fun. Uh, but Andor to me felt as theatrical as we could get in a series that was on, you know, a platform instead of in the theater. So I am terrified if this is the case, this would, uh, but they've already inked it. It's already in, I think budget wise, this is, this is two years or last year's news. So they're not worrying about this budget. They're thinking about future budgets. If we don't get an Andor season two, um, I'm gonna hashtag uh, revolt. Uh, so that would that would that would really piss me off, and I hope it would piss a lot of other people off. But maybe not. Maybe no one cares. But that's a good point. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> side side question here, Josh. Of the uh, trailers that came out in the Super Bowl, which uh, let me run through. There there were four that uh, mm. kind of came out and yeah. I want I want uh, you to tell me if you're going to if you're going to go to see him in a theater. Dun, dun, okay. Dun. First one, the new Fast and the Furious movie. Absolutely not. Oh, absolutely not. I, I haven't watched any since I think the first one. <laughs> I am slow and uh, you know, kind of mediocre. 
That's what I am. So you, you can't. Oh, and mild tempered. <laughs> well, it depends. Um, okay. What about uh, Air, the movie about uh, getting Michael Jordan brand shoes and Phil Knight and Nike uh, featuring Ben Affleck as Phil Knight? Like, even if I did go to the theater, that description alone makes me not want to see that. What? Ben Affleck is Phil Knight? You should. Did you see it? He looks just like him. It's funny. No, <laughs> no. Thank you. I'll watch that in the comfort of my own home. Okay. All right. I'm definitely, free. I'm, I don't know if I'm going to the theater to watch it. I'm definitely, but I mean, there's it. basketball fans. That's just not, I'm not, no, Jordan brand, fans. Jordan brand shoes are huge international like sure like this Bring is not graphic that doesn't include me i don't want it yeah I don't want no, well, this is a matt damon and ben affleck movie they're both in it and they're both you know, if it's not goodwill hunting or uh goodwill hunting i don't want to see it well i'm just saying like this is not i don't see this as being a, a risky movie i think this is going to have a lot of appeal around the sure. world sure um uh okay what about uh, the new Indiana Jones five. Yeah, I'd go to that. Now, here's the deal I would go to that if we made a deal out of it. Like, if we were like, let's all get fedoras and whips, and, and I have those just up. I have an indie I, outfit I can cosplay, especially <laughs> the whip. Um, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, we like we get our crystal skulls joke. Um, <laughs> terrible movie that was. Well, to you and me. <laughs> Come on, it was terrible. But yeah, I think that like, especially with Harrison, like this has got to be like the send off. Like they got to do this one right. So who's the director for that? So Michael Bay? Because then I'll know it's right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Kidding. Again, I'm full of jokes. <clears throat> um, but okay, I didn't think I would care much about the Indy 5. But after seeing the trailer, I want to see it. Yeah. Now, Shabby seems to think they're going to go back and erase Indy with the dial of time or whatever. Crystal the, Skulls? Well. And the aliens? Yeah. There's a there's a potential here for... If, they F that one up, okay? Let's, let's admit that. They F that one up. One through three of Indy, solid Indy. Every single one. And then they bring him back 10, 15 years later and they do aliens. It's like, bros, we had Egypt. We, I, I mean, I guess they were already in Egypt to in number one, but whatever. We have the Incas. We got all this cool shit that Indy could do and you went with aliens. We don't need that. Um, yeah. the, the, the world is full of mysteries and Indy can find them. So I hope that there's no aliens in this one. Uh, well, I, I don't think there will be, but like Atlantis. I, I'm gonna watch it with intrepidation. Like I'm gonna be like, not not that I think it's gonna be scary. I just I'm gonna watch behind my fingers because if it ends up being bad, I'm gonna be really bummed. All right, last one, Josh. Alan Orion's the nicest guy in the world. Crystal Skulls was pretty meh. I mean, at one point, Indy's biggest fight was with a giant ant hill. <laughs> it was scary. In Temple of Doom, he was up against a guy that ripped people's hearts out, and in yeah. the Crystal while Skulls, they were he was alive, it's really, really angry fire ants. 
It just doesn't jive. And then, like, number three and one, it was just Nazis, Nazis, Nazis. I mean, like, like how can you can't top get behind that, that? Fire ants. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And then the last one that I wanted to ask you about was uh, the new Flash movie. That looked uh, kind of cool. And that was freaking Michael, freaking Michael Keaton. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I, okay. There's I, Ben Affleck enough, in it. This didn't get enough play from me, even like off the mic. Because when Batman, the first Batman, Michael Keaton, Batman came out. Awesome. All we got, all we, we had no internet. TV didn't play, like TV would play trailers like the month before, but good luck catching them. You had to watch all the commercials. It wasn't like you were going to get some like YouTube, here's an ad. Yeah. It was like you caught the, the, the trailer if you were lucky. There was no... Maybe at the end of a show, they'd be like, stay tuned for the Batman trailer. And you would. But the only way you saw it is if you went to the movies and it was all those pre-trailers. And I remember being in the movie and I have no idea what movie I was watching. And when the Batman pre-trailer came out, like I lost my mind. I think I was nine or what year did it come out? What's the original uh, Batman? 89. 89. Yeah. So I was uh, 89, was it? So I was was 12 then. I lost my mind because I had just read um, uh, Frank Miller's Dark Knight, Dark which Knight, was yeah. my all-time favorite comic of all. It was just period. So Batman to me wasn't, you know, pow, bing, boom. He was like this, just, he was a, a vigilante. He didn't give a shit. He killed people in the name of vengeance slash justice, but they hadn't really crossed that line yet. You know, they got there later on. So when... When Michael Keaton in the trailer is holding up that guy over the over the ledge, he's like, "Who are you?" And he goes, "I'm Batman." That was my moment. Like I couldn't wait. I I went to Taco Bell for every freaking whatever toy they had. I did all the stuff. I had. I went. Prince did the soundtrack. This is too many stories, but I don't give a shit because we're in the green room. In my opinion, (laughs) I went. Like we didn't have a lot of money when I was a kid, and so when you when it was news clothes shopping for school i had like 150 bucks i spent maybe 20 dollars on some pants and underwear and 130 dollars on batman shirts like batman this <laughs> batman that so my entire wardrobe which really got me labeled as a kid it was hard to get chicks at 12 um as i showed up every day with a different iteration of a batman shirt on um that i just recycled every week for nine months uh, so anyway Batman was it, and then I saw Keaton on Super Bowl Sunday, and like I'm in this room full of people that don't give a shit, and like I like stood up. It's like that was Michael Keaton. I just said that out loud, and everyone looked at me like I had an issue, which I did, and uh, that was Michael Keaton. And I will see that movie, even though it's Flash. It's job DC. Grab Bat. That's what you do. You grab your you grab your player, and you put them up front, and then you yeah. Well, I mean, the movie is about the Flash, but you know. Batman. Damn right, Matt just got it right. Holy shit! I had British Knights like a mother. I had British oh, I Knights. BKs, BKs for life. The my most favorite shoes I think I've ever owned was a seventh grade pair of black and white BKs. Hmm. Oh, they were nice. BKs were like a staple on my feet uh, for like three years, and that was the same pair, by the way, because again, no money. Yeah. Anyway. Um, those, those look great. I'm, I'm, I'll probably see all four of those. Uh, but the ones I'll see in the theater will be 
the Flash for sure. Maybe the Indy. I, I just want to see Michael Keaton. If DC is rebooting properly, they script. I don't know. I don't know what you guys think. I bought that or I watched the the uh, what's the last one they did? The Justice League, like the uncut, the Snyder cut, yeah, yeah Chris Snyder cut. Dude, I haven't ever turned off a superhero movie before. I was like, oh, I get why they edited this down because Snyder's insane. Like he's <laughs> like he had he had slow mo moments within slow mo moments that you were just like, dude. How long does it take for the? I know the flash works in high speed, and so we're going to see the world in slow speed. But it was a 10 minute scene of a car slowly going over the flash. And I was like, dude, so that's just me being being old. Um, but it is the same actor for the flash as it was in Justice League, right? They're, yeah, Ezra, Ezra Miller, no, Ezra Miller, yeah, Ezra Miller. And he's he's become a bit of a problematic person off, off the screen. That's what I want to hear. Um, Michael Keaton will straighten him up. Well, Imagine Michael Keaton like with a toothpick. Yeah, uh, oh, here Michael Keaton bitch. is such a he's such a good actor. Like he'd have a lot of hand movement, movements. Multiplicity. Uh, <laughs> juice. Give me a break. Evil Juice, Batman, Condor, the Condor, no cut, which is bullshit. They did cut, but like one one camera. Mr. Mom. <laughs> What else? What else was he in? Uh, he was he was the yeah. Wasn't he in uh, the other guys? Man, I don't know that one. With Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. like more recently, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good at being like the old uh, commissioner now, but I like that he's back as Batman. That's the Dark Knight Returns right there. Real Dark Knight Returns. All right, we're we're off the rail. We are uh, totally off the rails. There's Katie. Fiance. Katie. Oh, Gung Ho. <laughs> That's a, that, remember, did you ever see that movie, Gung Ho? With Probably Michael not. Keaton? That's about the auto industry. That was good. Nope. Just Michael Keaton, period. Yeah. Multiplicity was great. Um, <clears throat> okay. So we have covered tonight. Well, first of all, we had about a 15 minute pre-funk in the green yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, in the green room, which is fun. I'd rather I just sometimes it is like not having an agenda. Then we touched on the Peter Mayhew's uh widow and and some lost uh, long lost paperwork that was found in an attic by some people who purchased the house from them 25 years ago and what to do about it. And by all accounts, good on the auctioneer. Good on the discoverers of that in the old house. Yeah, so, we're good. Um, I don't. I don't need. I. I would prefer to believe that they're just pure gold-hearted people supporting a grieving widow um, with the memorabilia from her larger-than-life husband. Thank you. Exactly. No, Thank was, you. That was a good story. Appreciate and it had a happy ending. Yeah. Thankfully. Then we talked about Hasbro and Disney cutting a lot they're cutting jobs they're cutting funds and how is that going to ripple down to the consumers potentially over the next five years um you know we can only speculate but but changes are a coming as bob dylan once famously said um 
And then, yeah, we talked a little bit about some upcoming movies. So it's been a full plate here tonight, Josh. And I'm yeah, glad even though we're not involved, they got great, great commentary. Thank you to everyone that showed up tonight, helping us out and saying hi, all our friends, good jokes. Not all the jokes made it on screen, but there were a few. There were a few. Yeah, you guys have been engaged. Appreciate that. Um, Josh, should I, in the next in the next week, um, well, Monday, which is President's Day here in the States, we have uh, essentially it's like a bank holiday. We have the day off. Um, and we're going to have on a little earlier than normal on Monday. This is just in like yeah. five days Monday, six days Monday. Uh, the boys from Red 5, uh, Red 5 Designs, as they wrap up their kickstarter for the vintage action figure book that is now out and people have and the last few are are, are in the mail um we were we're going to do a little closing wrap session with them around 1 o'clock on monday pacific time which would be about five o'clock eastern and or uh, like 11 o'clock hawaiian so, <laughs> yeah, i'm not sure how that works but um but that'll be great. I am so looking forward to, to catching up with those guys to kind of like, yeah, I want to hear their journey. Like we like take a deep breath and completely off the radar because they literally have been doing their best to get these things out as fast as possible. I think Andy, you've, you've reached out to them no less than three times and be like, okay guys, how about now? How about another like, guys? We got to, we're still packing boxes. So like, yeah. I'm super excited to hear about their journey. Um, the things that, I don't know. I think it'd be fun, especially it would be more entertaining to those of you that that uh, got in on the Kickstarter and beyond and got one of those um, amazing uh, books in your hand to kind of hear the struggles. We've heard a little bit in our own green room with Red 5. It's fascinating. It's fascinating the amount of work that these guys put in. And then just, I mean, if you talk about hurdles, like that's a common term. Like, oh, get, we got we got some hurdles to get. There's over. always hurdles. No, no, no. Like real hurdles, like over and over, and like being able to like consistently jump the next one and keep your dream as a person that wants that book on your coffee table, whatever collection. Uh, keep your dream alive. I mean, it's it, it was thousands. I think I think hundreds is is probably accurate, and 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 a few thousand is probably on point. So. Yeah, Lots uh, of I, it's going to be a it's going to be a fantastic chat. I'm very much I've been looking forward to this for a couple months now when books first when they got the books in hand and started mailing them out like this is going to be a great conversation. And, and please do join us for that. Bring your uh, bring your questions. We'll, we'll definitely um, let let you guys ask some questions, too, especially if you're a patron of the show. We'll give yeah, you, you we'll give you patrons. an opportunity. I appreciate it. Um, and, and just as an aside, we probably won't show these off, uh, on Monday, but I'm, I'm getting some really cool stuff in the next mm. week or so. So I'll just dangle that carrot out in front of you, Josh, and we'll have Thank a good you. time showing my carrot. I need my exercise and keep your carrot to yourself. <laughs> All right. Hi, Gary. Uh, Hi, Gary. Hey, Gary. Uh, yeah. Just in time. Okay. Uh, but thanks for watching. Early, thanks Gary. for uh, hitting that like button. And thank you for sharing it with your collector friends. Really appreciate that. Josh, 
been fun. It has been fun. Stay, stay healthy, my friend. Don't, uh, you know. Oh yeah, we're uh, we're good. We're on the mend. I'll be back. Be back stronger than ever. Atta boy. Yeah. What should we do? Don't forget to play with your toys.